Cahoogs House kind of took one on the chin this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about Houston losing Alabama. Yeah, I know. We we do got to talk about it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a UUH fan or just a hater kid to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below to make sure you get the podcast in your feed each and every day. If you get your podcast in the feed each and every day, that way we can talk about the Cougs for the first listen of your day each day. Um, welcome to the YouTube channel. Good to see you again. We're entering week four. We just broke over 150 subscribers, so thank you to everyone that is subscribing. Remember, we're going to give away that Marcus Sasser t-shirt we talked about in the bonus episode last Friday when we break 250. Uh, we talked to the artist that did it, so make sure you go check that in the catalog. It's a really, really cool t-shirt. It's got, I keep calling it a rock star design. I guess he called it a retro graphic tee. He's the designer. Probably what he says. Anyway, if you need to get that t-shirt, make sure you enter below by subscribing so we get to 250 subscribers. And then commenting. We're going to give it to someone who leaves comments on the videos. If you can't think of anything to say because you're too depressed about the Alabama um, game from the weekend, say something that makes fun of Alabama barbecue chicken. It's got white sauce on it. All right. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit in the first segment about like, like just broad over storylines um, from the Alabama game. Second segment, we're going to look some at the rotations because that was a hot topic on Twitter. Um, and, and frankly, I think that that's going to kind of shed some light on what Samson's thought process is. And I feel like I feel like I kind of get what he's getting at as a coach when he's talking about things in the postgame. And frankly, we talked about earlier this year. And then the last thing, we're going to talk about some bright spots as we build for this week. We got NC, NCANT on Tuesday and a big game against Virginia at Virginia next weekend. So we got to find something to take away to build off of as well. Now, in the first segment here, let's start with uh, big, big takeaways. I think first and foremost, uh, anytime that you're going to have Marcus Sasser scoring just nine points, I think it's fair to say like that's going to be a game that Houston struggles to score the basketball. But even with him having just nine points, Houston got 65, right? And that's because Jamal Shedd kind of picked up the slack scoring, uh, scoring-wise from the backcourt positions. He had 19, bat- 19 points. Um, and frankly, there was a stretch in the game where it felt like no one on Alabama could stay in front of Jamal Shedd. Um, I think that, you know, we'll get to his, his stuff in the bright spots later. But generally speaking, Houston's not built for Shedd to be the scorer, the Samson offense has always been built around a point guard that facilitates and a maybe secondary point guard or a two guard that can shoot and score and those kind of things. You kind of also want a third guy that can catch and shoot. And, you know, we've talked about like we had Armani books once upon a time when Quentin Grimes is more of the second type guy. Uh, Corey Davis, more of the first guy. Like he, he's had guys that fit those different roles across his time at Houston. But generally speaking, the offense is not working at its best when you're relying on the point guard to score the basketball. Now, it was a close game because Jamal Shedd could. That's just not what this offense set up for because what it got stuck in a lot was because that was the thing that was working, they went to a lot of 1-5 or sometimes 1-4 high pick and rolls. And that's to say that they spread out and just had usually J1 Roberts, occasionally Reggie Chaney, very rarely Jarris Walker, coming up to set a ball screen on the point guard because the initial downhill action was the best offense they had. And with how fast Jamal Shedd's playing, that was obviously fairly effective for stretches of the game. However, A, 
that's a heavy, heavy impetus you're putting on the like like tax on the energy of your best defender as well, right? And second, it also is relying on a lot of scoring coming from a guy that's not typically a scorer because more often than not, once a guy is fast as shed, the switch won't work because this, the bigger guy is too slow and the guy fighting through the screen because Houston's got really tough bigs will have trouble fighting over the screen. Um, schematically, I thought it was interesting that um, they did this a lot, especially when they went to the two big lineup after Tremont Mark fouled out. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, J1 Roberts had a big dunk. It was like just under 14, I think, under 14 minutes uh, to extend the lead out to 12. That kind of felt like a dagger. It was a, he faked the uh, handoff to Sass and then went all the way to the rim. Dunk went home and like, I thought it was going to tear the backboard down and dunk went home. Um, and that felt like a dagger until a few minutes later when Tremont Mark fouled out. Now, when Tremont Mark fouled out, it really put Houston in a bind. And I don't want to blame referees for things, but he did have two open fouls and both of which I thought were like, hmm, interesting. I'll leave it at that. I'm not one to blame refs. So I'm not going to do that, except for Scott Foster and Rockets, but the whole different podcast. So, um, the two big lineup they go to after that didn't play Jairus Walker. We'll get to rotation in a second, but they didn't use Jairus Walker. Instead, they went to a lot more Reggie Cheney and Jawan Roberts or pulling in Ramon Walker as the third guard with one of those two guys as the big. And what ended up happening was it kind of put the offense in a lull because Ramon Walker, for all things he does well, is not a scorer, not a shooter. He's just a like all-out hustle guy. And that's great, except that Houston didn't have a big enough cushion to not score. And Alabama was able to go to a four-guard lineup, which is unique for them. They haven't shown that this year. Samson said as much in the postgame. And in that four-guard lineup, they could make up for being small by doubling off of Ramon Walker because they have to worry about him catching and shooting, right? And that 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 doesn't happen with a guy like Tremont Mark out there, right? Um, the other thing I think was interesting is in the two-big lineup, they couldn't really do the one four one five pick and roll those opening up sheds so much, um, which is why they played Ramon Walker. But when they did that with the two bigs and they tried to set the four five or, or screen or, or four one or uh, five one screen, what's interesting there up top is there's another big in the lane, and so the the speed of shed is no longer as important, right? Because he's driving. There's no defense three seconds in college basketball. He's driving at the lane, and there's a big guy waiting there for him. And frankly, because they were going four guards for Alabama, because they were trying to find figure out something that worked, just throwing much stuff at the wall, figure out what worked, and that did. The guy guarding the guy screening wasn't the same kind of athletic mismatch that you'd had for much of the game before that. Now, I'm not saying that schematically they've got to find something else, although I think there are options. And we talked about early in the season, I like when they get Jarrett Walker on a floppy on the baseline. Kind of gets a lot of room to operate. It's kind of a, just a different athlete than most guys get the ball in that area. Um, I, I do think that um, at times Samson felt hamstrung by being early in the season. So you've only had so many things that you've worked on. And he has openly said they practice offense about once a week because of how intensive their defensive practices are. I mean, remember after the Kent State game, he said like they hadn't had an offensive focused day yet. Like, like, and I don't mean to say like they should. I'm not criticizing Samson. That's just realistically where they are in teaching the young guys, Jairus in particular, the defensive scheme and setup. The other thing I think that's got to happen here is um, we'll talk rotation in a second, but we need a guy to get on the floor that can shoot. And it, Ramon Walker, you know, for all the things he does very, very well, is not that guy. 
Jawan Roberts and Reggie Chaney, for all the things they do very, very well, are more traditional bigs that are not that guy. Um, they face guarded Marcus Sasser and took him out of the game effectively. Um, he had a couple of really nice moves his, and one layup that kind of felt during the run where Houston got up by, uh, I think that lead got to 15. Um, that did feel um, like this thing we'll see replicated. You'll see teams do what they can to take Sasser out of the game. And so that's why I'm not so worried about like, if you're going to play four on four and take Sasser out of the game, expend all your energy doing well we have we're the number one team in america for a reason i mean we were we, we ought to be able to find other ways to score and make you get out of that and so i think we'll get there as well it's also december i'm not that worried about figuring these things out that's why you get on tape in december um the two big things interesting because it worked so well against saint mary's a traditionally big team and i think there's like re- reason to think that if it's going to work a much against a much bigger team in saint mary's why wouldn't it have worked against this four guard lineup in uh in alabama and i can already see on the timer i'm gonna go a little bit long in the segment but i think that what's interesting there is is that because it worked it worked against st mary's because houston's athletic bigs could keep up with the st mary's unathletic guards on the perimeter against alabama whichever big was guarding a more traditionally perimeter guy on the on the perimeter was kind of a fish out of water. And it's not to say that I mean, Alabama's a very good basketball team. They are going to make a run to win the SEC. They're going to play Kentucky and some of the good teams, I'm sure. I, but they're very good. Um, and so their guard play was able to break down those bigs off the bounce. And it wasn't that the guard that broke it off the bounce necessarily scored, although he did often. Then it forces rotations and punctures and things in the defense that get off. And then you see the kick out to the one kid. What was his name? Uh, C, uh, Sears, Mark, Mark Sears. You see the kick out to him for three. And I told you guys he can make kick out threes. And he did, and it burned, right? So those kinds of things happen once you get kind of an athletic mismatch out there. And then suddenly you saw that a little bit more as Trevon Mark came off the floor. Um, and again, he had two offensive fouls that were questionable, but he had three fouls that weren't. And frankly, the, the fifth foul was the lesser questionable of the two offensive fouls. And I know like some other people, I'm not going to throw up people under the bus online, but some other bigger Houston Cougar content, people were really opposed to the fouls, really upset about them. But my bigger thing were the inconsistencies because I didn't think the three refs are on the same page. Um, the one that called the two offensive fouls was the same guy. However, I, I think there were other, other times they were letting that kind of stuff go. You saw Reggie Chan get fouled on a rebound one time. And then, like, three possessions later, had the exact same scenario happen and get no foul called. And, like, those kinds of things I think are more what bugs me than the fact that Tremont Mark got those calls. I, I, I would be remote, remiss to say that his sub, most naturally, the guy that got the most minutes was Reggie Chaney. And Reggie Chaney had a bunch of, but Houston also went, like, I think my count here is 0 for 8 on free throws down the stretch, including the front end of a 1-1. One and, one. and that's just hard to win a basketball game when it's a close game they're going to foul you to put you on the line um and then frankly when you're going to attack to get baskets if you're going to miss your free throws they're going to foul you to make sure you don't get layups and houston got in this rut where they would get fouled miss free throws come down to give up an alabama basket they'd get fouled miss free throws come down to get an alabama basket and again that was just six points i mean cheney missed six of them right and jermon mark doesn't and, and i that's just that's the key to this game. Reggie Chain has so many things to impact winning in so many different ways. And I don't mean to say that he didn't make plays that also if Houston had won the game, wouldn't have helped them win the game. He just he missed the free throws on the stretch. He and frankly, it looked like to me any Cougar missing out there would have missed the free throws on the stretch, but it felt like he missed them when 
they counted. Speaking of when things count, uh, Locked On is brought to you by LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is the best place to find your next hire for your new business. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You'll be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's where you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Once you've got what you want out there, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. There are simple tools like screening questions that we can easily focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus link uh, versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to find and talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So, in the second segment, I said I was going to talk about rotations, and I kind of hinted at this earlier. But the big Twitter blow up I saw amongst some people, and I saw it on Facebook as well, is like, where is Jarris Walker? Because after that Tremont Mark foul out, there was a noticeable like void, and we like, we didn't see him for a lot of the game. I will point out that on a bum hamstring, and it sounds like his hamstring is better, but not 100%, he played 28 minutes, um, and he went 3-4 from the field, 2-4 the free throw line, had 8 points, uh, 5 rebounds, uh, 2 blocks, 2 steals, big defensive player, um, and a couple of assists. Now, I think what happened here is, A, something I think we're talk about Samson and how he does in a second, uh, on the defense side of the ball, he, he was not quite a snuff as far as what Kelvin wanted. And then B, I'm not writing off this idea that he's still dealing with a sore hamstring, got 28 minutes, and like after a while he'd been sitting down, like we're not going to push it for 30. We we thought we were up by 15, and now we're not, and he's been sitting down for a while. Um, Jairus Walker is a top-end pro prospect. He is a top-10 pick. I might take him as high as like 5, 6, 7, depending on the team and situation and so on. And he is that kind of an athlete, right? We don't have those at Houston quite often, and he's that kind of a guy that clearly, like, no questions asked. Ask any of your draft aficionados. He's a top 10 pick. That's because of the potential on athleticism. And defensively, it shows up. I mean, he is a guy that has the potential to guard one through five as well as anyone in college basketball. And by the time we get to March, I'm putting my chips on that he will, right? On Saturday, he had a couple blocks, had a couple steals. But, man, it felt like he was really gambling. And gambling's okay when you hit 51% of the time, right? Um, the thing he did that I feel like sticks in Samson's craw, and he alluded to it as much without mentioning Jairus in the post game, is that he fouled a three-point shooter twice. Now, when I went to the coach's clinic in the fall, like before the season started, right? And I've cited that several times because I think it gave me good insight and kinds of things that Samson teaches, and frankly, it also made me a better coach for it, so I recommend going to those kind of things. Um, he mentioned that the unique thing they do to contest threes in the modern game is they don't chop their feet. They teach to sprint to contest and like fly by and then plant your foot when you land and get in front of the guy to box out. Right. They teach that because you're less likely to foul. And they also have trust in their rotations and stuff behind you that the guy pump fakes and you soar. They've got something set up, right? It's unique. It's different. It's also bluntly, not what Jarris did on either one of his times he fouled a three-point shooter, right? And I, that seemingly, I mean, A, it's a game you lost by six, and you fouled a three-point shooter and gave them three free throws twice, so do the math. Also, I wonder if that's the kind of thing where, like, 
this is a teaching moment for Samson in December where we'll see what we can do with that. Joe, you know, we'll take one of the chin here, but we need to get this thing right come February, March. And Samson's done that before with previous freshmen. I mean, we think about like what Quentin Grimes did in his time at Houston, but think about those first two months, right? The first two months when Quentin Grimes was on campus, he was not the Quentin Grimes is now doing whatever. It's like 20 points a game for the Knicks. Like it's not the same guy, right? Think about like, when Armani Brooks showed up, a small, small skinny kid from Round Rock comes to come to U of H and he had like work his way in because he was not picking up the way that, that Samson and Houston teach defense. Um, Walker has not had the struggle to find minutes. He is too good an athlete to not, but clearly there's also these same teaching moments happening with him. Um, I do think it's interesting that um, the thing that's unique about him, that he gives Houston so much versatility with and why that they were the number one team in the country with him on the floor is he has an offensive diversity that Cheney and Walker, uh, Cheney and Ramon Walker don't have, right? He wasn't using it. And I wonder if part of that was because Alabama was guarding with more like six, 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 seven guys. And also Brandon Miller, the guy covering him is uh, uh, for the bulk of the first half uh, until Alabama would eventually go small. Brandon Miller, the guy covering him for when they were playing big at admittedly, is also a top 10 to 15 pick, right? I mean, that's a very, very talented 6869 basketball player. They know each other very well. Um, and so I wonder if there was some of that too in the first half where he's like, I can't quite this guy's athletic as me, as long as me. I gotta figure something else out. Because bluntly, I know he did the IMG. Ooh, I just dropped my pen. He did the IMG Academy thing where you play on the national schedule and all that. But admittedly, like <laughs> It's not the same, right? Like, like you can play the top teams across high school basketball. Coming up to play a you know one versus eight game, uh, not a like March Madness, a number one in the country versus number eight in the country game in December at home. It's a different kind of pressure and trying to find those gaps. Like a, a thing he does very well is he has a great floater for a guy his size. He didn't get to that very often. He, I think he, I have down that he made one out of three uh, by my account. I guess we define what floater a little bit different, you and I, but. That's not we to utilize that to like get a lane and then go over a seven footer. He needs to be doing that more. Um, I also have down that he did not attempt a three. Part of the deal with him as a like quasi big and small is that he stretches the defense. He didn't pull anyone out to cover him. And I'm not saying that he has to, you know, he has to shoot 50%. It'd be nice. Um, but he has to attempt them to make them come cover him, right? Like that, there's also some of that. And so um I, I think that Houston will be better when he is better. And so I get why people wanted him on the floor, but I also get what Samson was doing. And I get that Samson is like, Hey guys, this is December. I get to be pissed off for a day about this and we're going to keep it moving. Um, he said this whole time that the number one seat is a rental. You don't get to hold on to it. You just want to have it at the end of the season and the number one overall ranking it's a rental and we just lost it. And we hope to get it back. And we hope to have it back in March and April. Um, other guys who were clamored for, I saw a lot of uh, people wanting Emmanuel Sharp to come in because Houston needed the shooting and Emmanuel Sharp absolutely solves that problem. He had a major leg injury legitimately 12 months ago. And that's why he enrolled in Houston early last uh, January. And I assume based on who they've had him cover when he goes out there in other games and how he's kind of been like the ninth guy that doesn't quite get in every game. I assume that, while he can shoot them out of the slump that they were in offensively. And it would be a great guy to have out there. Again, Armani Brooks, I mentioned a second ago, um, he is not defensively ready to go yet, whether it's healing from injury, whether it's understanding the scheme because he's a true freshman or whatever the case is. I assume that that's what's going on there. Right. And then Terrence Arsenault, 
he I, so he did end up getting minutes in this game as opposed to traditional freshman and Samson system might not. Um, he got eight minutes. Um, he in his eight minutes, he kind of looked lost and he looked like a fish out of water. And I I think that that's the kind of thing where Kellen Sampson, assistant coach Kellen Sampson, who kind of has the guards to himself in a lot of ways, you'll see. Um, I think you'll see some film study development and growth from that for Terrence. Um, Terrence is obviously a great, a great shooter and a great offensive basketball player that could have helped Houston, but he goes like a little jittery with the ball in the sense that like the ball is quick to get out of his hands. And then defensively, he's one of the guys that got beat off the dribble. And if you are not helping us out on offense and you're getting beat off the dribble on defense, you're only going to get eight minutes. <laughs> like I, I have people. So I'm like, well, he could come in and shoot and score. And it's like, he had eight minutes and he, he really didn't. Um, Anyway, that, that's my take on the rotations that I understand why they were the way they were in December. I'm just not sure that that's going to be the way they are in March. And I think that's because there's natural growth to this team that while it has like veterans like Sasser and Shed also relies pretty heavily on underclassmen and new guys. Underclassmen being, you know, J1 Roberts is a sophomore. <laughs> we got to remember these kind of things, right? Uh, then Jarris Walker and Terrence Arson being freshmen. Uh, just just kind of younger guys. Tremont Mark, speaking of younger guys, is, I guess, technically a, a redshirt sophomore. But with how much time he's missed hurt, he's in a lot of ways. Samson said it himself after like the first or second game of the season. Tremont Mark is kind of like a second semester freshman. And that, that's like all he's got different as far as playing time and games go. And so I, it's just a, a team that had the number one ranking and had a tough competitive game and frankly got up 15 in said game. And then had the wheels kind of fall off. And I don't think that that has to be more than that if things get fixed the way they should get fixed. And I have no indication that Samson won't do that. Um, speaking of indications, did you know that December is kind of a rough month for getting your stuff stolen? Now, I have to say that this really sticks out to me, and I'll tell you what my story in a second. But Simply Safe is here to help with those kinds of things. Uh, at Lockdown Coops, we believe that every home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Cougs listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Get it today. Here's why I love it. They have all kinds of cameras and uh, triggers and those kind of things, details that set off all kinds of things around your home. Uh, I have a personal story at an old place we lived. I had a, my car parked outside a garage. As you can tell, sneaker person. Um, and I had a couple sneakers and a gym bag in the back, a couple couple to wear, a couple to play in, et cetera. I think I had four total pair and gym bag in the back of my car. And someone broke into the trunk and sold the bag, sold all the things. There's a computer in there and that kind of stuff. Boom, it's all gone. When I called the cops the next day, they asked me, well, what time did this happen? I have no idea. It happened overnight. What kind of car were they driving? How would I know that? Well, that I had no information other than it happened sometime between when I got home at 10 o'clock and when I left and was trying to leave the next morning at nine o'clock, right? Um, and that's too big a window for anything to happen. Nothing but I've had, and I'm still missing those sneakers. So if you have those red pair of threes, uh, the all red, uh, I have the red and white. I want the all red back. Anyway, um, this would not happen if we had a Simply Safe home. Um, you can have, they have the, uh, an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring service using fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe captures all critical evidence and verifies that is real so you can get a higher priority police response. It's a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room's 
window and door, the HD security cameras for inside and out. And I'm telling you from experience that outside camera matters. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 monitoring professionals uh, cost less than a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of traditional home security systems with top rated Simply Safe. Stay in complete control of your system. Arm or disarm, unlock for guests, access your cameras or just settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at locked on or at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. Now I've told you my sob story about sneakers and those kinds of things. Um, Let's talk about some of the things that went right in this game. Because I think it's worth pointing out that, like, there was a stretch in the first part of the second half where it's like, this is the best team in America. And frankly, the goal for Samson and his crew the rest of the season will be to play like that stretch for the entire game, right? They were locking up Alabama, taking them out of stuff they wanted to do defensively. And on offense, they were finding ways to, A, get shed downhill at downhill, to get Roberts open on some stuff down uh, heading downhill, also getting to his left hand. And then they actually still found ways to pop open Sasser, even while he's being face guarded by the best defensive player at Alabama. Right. And so like we can talk about shed being a score and how it's nice to see him get 19 points. He also had like the dunk of the season thus far. It'll be the dunk of the college basketball season until I see something otherwise. Um, a little breakaway from on Mark has a steal, two dribbles, uh, bounce pass it got to shed and transition junked over the top of a seven footer i mean it like the dunk of the year six one guy over six ten guy um big big play um i will also say that like houston's defensive game plan against what alabama wanted to do worked right doubling down the bigs took them out of their game and frankly i know it's hard to say like well they still got to jump a bunch of threes off because alabama did shoot 23 three-pointers but they only made what is it uh seven of them and frankly two of those were mark sears down the stretch once they'd gone to their four guard stuff and one of uh i think it's noah burnett anyway one of his were also down the stretch and they gone to the guard stuff doubling down the bigs did not hurt us from the three-point line in a way that i think x's nose geniuses might have thought it would right and so i think that's really important as well that like when they knew what the scheme was coming because they'd done their tapes, so they didn't know what they're doing. They'd watched Alabama this year. They were ready for it and they took stuff away and made Alabama find something else. The issue was that thing that they found worked. And so that's when Alabama's a good basketball team. We got to adjust on the fly. And frankly, had they made their free throws, we might be sitting here saying that, you know, Houston survives, right? Um, they didn't make the free throws. So they didn't survive, but they got Alabama and got a big lead by getting Alabama out of what they wanted to do um i also think it's worth pointing out that like a team that i was worried about you heard me last week talking with luke robinson hear me on my own on thursday last week talking about how i was worried that they were bigger than houston and that they'd beat us up with betty Ako or this big freshman uh brandon miller and those guys didn't make between the two of them one single field goal and i think that that me- that goes back to what i'm talking about where like the defensive game plan worked until Alabama went to an offensive game plan they had not shown all season. Now, does Houston need to find some way to play small? Yes. I would have thought that was the easy part. Admittedly, it made harder when Shimon Mark is not out there. 
but I would have thought that's the easy part. Um, and so that's the thing for Houston to work on this week. They got North Carolina A&T on Tuesday. They got Virginia on Saturday up at Virginia. And frankly, you know, recording this before the AP poll come out, so I don't know when you're listening to it. Um, but that might be a time where Houston's playing against the number one team in the country. And frankly, a time that Houston be like, let's go get this number one ranking back, right? Um, we'll bring it stuff, that kind of stuff down all week here at Locked on Cougs. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get the latest. You can talk to me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at Painsworth 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H. The P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 on Instagram, Twitter, and all of those good things. I'm happy to talk Cougs, Rockets, Astros. The Texans had a super competitive game on Sunday. Uh, it's a fun, fun time to be a Houston sports fan or that your team's either rebuilding compete for titles and nothing in between. So let's talk about it on Twitter. Then it's at Painsworth 512. If you're looking for a second listen today, I'm going to recommend Locked on College Basketball because they're going to talk about things like the fallout of this number one seed falling again and, and all those kinds of things. And I don't feel that impressed about it. So if you want to talk to them, go listen to that show about that as well. Thank you all so much again for tuning in to Locked on Cougs today. Again, we'll be back tomorrow for an each and every day this week leading up to North Carolina A&T. And then getting ready for UVA and things like that. Locked on Cougs, the primary Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Cougs.